Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to Flipping Dreams. I'm your host, Heather Renee May. And today you meet Kathy Nesbitt. Don't let the title fool you, although we do talk about Kathy and her worms and how she's changing things in Canada and the U.S., one compass bin at a time. But we actually dig into some really amazing deep topics about breaking the golden handcuffs of perceived security and launching into entrepreneurship and also, although we don't really tap too much into talking about Kathy's laughter therapy, you definitely hear and feel how she uses laughter to propel her into positivity and to handle her day-to-day life. So I hope that you enjoy this really wonderful and funny, at times, chat with Kathy Nesbitt. You are listening to Flipping Dreams. No, well, I'm so excited to talk to you about your worms and like, um, gosh, I want to hear your story. How in the heck did you become the composting worm lady? Like, tell me all about this. (laughs) (laughs) So beautiful. I'm so happy. (laughs) I just want you to know, actually, so one of my coworkers just started doing this and that's the only, and so, yeah, so, um, she did we had a team summit and we do these one minute like lightning these like lightning talks and she did it on her thousand worms that she has (laughs) and and so i told her i said i'm gonna be interviewing this late the worm lady and i was like if you need a new like supply source i'm like (laughs) i'm gonna hook you up (laughs) i don't like the fishing metaphor (laughs) oh sorry No kill worms. This is, yeah. <laughs> That's no good. Although they're feeding fish, so I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, but no. I think I, I'm actually really into fly fishing, and with that, there's just flies. I mean, like, right. yeah, so. <laughs> That's so funny. We digress. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so thank you. I'm so excited that you want to listen about, to my story about worms. <laughs> So I, I, it's serious. I, I mean, I laugh because, uh, you know, otherwise I'm crying. So there you go. <laughs> so um, I'm just north of Toronto, uh, fourth, largest, fourth largest city in North America. So pretty big, six million people. Um, and our landfill closed in, the, in 2002. So when the landfill for the largest city in a country closes, big problem, right? Big smelly problem. 
Uh, <laughs> yes. And, right? Okay. And, okay, are you sitting? Yes, I see you are. <laughs> um, at that time, although we're second largest country, third largest country in the world, like big, we're Canada's big country. We couldn't find a, a spot to put a new landfill and we started shipping garbage to Michigan. Oh. Yeah, not out of the city, out of the province, out of the country. Yeah, my garbage. Our garbage needs a passport. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I feel like this is sort of, I, like, I feel like this is something the U.S. would do. <laughs> Sorry. That it's they like, would do that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but you're accepting our garbage for it's, money. Oh, yeah. Right? We're sending you our garbage, and, you're, and, and we're paying a lot of money, but you're taking our garbage. Bad. Yeah. Bad. Okay, so in come the worms. So um, 6 million people in the greater Toronto area, half live in condos, apartments, without outdoor space for composting. And um, yeah, so I was like, I have a solution, everybody. <laughs> and yeah, funny. So it's indoor composting with worms. So in brief, I guess, as brief as I can be, I'm ta chatty Kathy. <laughs> um, so just like regular outdoor composting, um, the worms require a carbon nitrogen mix. So the carbon or the bedding is shredded paper, which is another way to get rid of something that we want to get rid of. Beautiful. All of our confidential docs can get eaten by the worms. Beautiful. <laughs> and then our food scraps from the kitchen, coffee grounds, manures, you know, if somebody has a gerbil or a rabbit, you can put the shavings and the poop from those critters into your worm bin, so beautiful. The worms eat it all, and then they create, I call it black gold, but it's castings or, or a worm compost, that then you can add to your plants and your gardens so your, your garden grows better, naturally, without chemicals. That is amazing. Mm. Um, and I think like there's a whole art to this. Uh, my coworker was telling me about her bins and like how you have to, you like dig and put your, you you dig like holes at a certain like you have to rotate, um, where you're putting your trash to allow the worms enough time to do their business, and yeah. Yes. I don't know, but. <laughs> It's a, you know, it's really not that complicated. You bury your scraps, scraps in one spot and then, you know, a couple of days later, you bury scraps in another spot. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. And you keep rotating around. And then, um, sorry, my husband's supposed to be doing that, looking after the receptionist today. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you, you're adding more paper, adding your food. It, it's really not that complicated. And although you're adding rotting food, it's kind of counterintuitive, but it's aerobic process, meaning with oxygen, so it doesn't smell like rotting food. But once once your worm bin start gets going, it's all the little microbes, all the extra little bugs in there that do the chewing and they break down all the food scraps. So then the worms come along there the cleanup crew. That is brilliant. So there's now there's just a few things that you can't put in there, right? You can't put like animal uh, waste or or I mean like uh, like chicken. Yeah, I guess you tell me. What things can you not put in the compost bin? So, so I, I say everything can go in. However, if you live in a condo, you might not want to have, like, um, your dog poop in there. Yeah. Right. You know, so, so what I say is what you have is what you put in. In, in a condo, you would use your, your paper scraps, 
and your food scraps, and that would be perfect. If you have um, a house and you have, want to do it outdoor, then you can add in your, you know, your, your dog poop or your cat poop or um, extra things because it's done outside. You don't care so much about, you know, anything that might go on in there. Um, if you have a farm, then you can look at, you know, looking after, have the worms create um, more compost for you naturally. Again, you have the space because it's a beautiful thing um, for manures, for cow manure, horse manure, sheep, goats, all of your vegetarian animals. Um, the worms will break that manure down further, making it more, um, uh, what do I want to say, um, eat, like more healthier to handle like once the worms have converted it it's 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 safe to handle wow that is that is so cool so now how many people have adopted this this practice and do you have any like statistics on like um reducing the trash that you're sending us yes i do so (laughs) we we so i've been doing this since 2002 18 years selling worms by the pound We've moved about maybe 11,000 pounds of worms right now. And before starting my worm composting business, um, I, I learned that a pound of worms and their descendants could transform a ton of organic waste in a year. And the average Canadian, I'm gonna say average Canadian slash American family produces a ton of organic waste in a year. So everybody needed a pound of worms. I was like, okay, I'm gonna put worms in every house. The worms have a phenomenal reproduction rate. So once I sell worms to somebody, the worms are expanding. They can then, you know, people give their worms away. I tell them to stop that because it's bad for business. <laughs> you know, but it's great for schools. I do a lot of school workshops. It's a great education to let people know um, what was. Oh, so um, the worms reduce the volume by about 80%. So let's use easy math. Say you put 100 pounds of food scraps in. You're, you will get 20 pounds of fertilizer for your plants. Wow. Magic. That, that's amazing. Yeah. So then you have beautiful uh, plants and produce and whatever, you know, in your garden, but you're also reducing waste and reducing your, your footprint. Um, this is, that's so cool. Isn't it? And not only that, so I started my business because the landfill for the place closed. So I was like, I have a solution for waste management. The longer I was in my business, I realized, wow, yes, they're reducing the waste, but they're creating this, this black gold, our soil is deplete. So if the nutrients, when the plants are growing, the nutrients are coming out of the soil and into the plant. If we take those scraps and put them in the garbage or do anything other than composting, we're robbing the soil. Yes. We can grow another plant there. It's it's nature, of course we can. It's not as nutrient rich as the last one. Mm. Um, I, I think, well, what did I read? In the 50s, if we had a head of broccoli, that same broccoli, now we have to eat like 28 heads of broccoli to get that same nutrient value. Wow. Like impossible, right? So that's why supplements and why we need to take extra things because the nutrients aren't in our food. Wow. Yikes. Yeah, this is amazing. And is this something that the your the country like Canada or your province or whatever is is uh, interested in investing in, or is it really just your like one woman crusade to um, convert everyone to worms? 
Yeah. Oh, don't make me cry. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, it's a kind of a, a one-woman thing. Imagine selling worms and saying to people, hey, you can have them in your house. Like in your kitchen. Who doesn't want worms? Like, how fun. Um, right? Yeah. So it's a bit of an education. I feel like I've created a bit of a market. You know, I, I was introduced to this and was, um, oh, kind of a long story short, but there's a woman from Michigan, Mary Alpehoff, who wrote a book called Worms Eat My Garbage in the 70s. She was a microbiologist. She died in 05. Um, but her, you know, I was thinking, man, imagine in the 70s telling people, hey, you could have worms in your kitchen. It's a good idea. Yeah. Mm. Right. I still feel like an alien. So I, I, I'm so grateful. I actually had a chance to talk to Mary before she passed. And I was so grateful. I was like, wow, she answers her own phone. She, she was like this goddess to me. And um, <laughs> yeah, so I was like, a, a big long story. I had a, a, a chance to travel to Michigan um, to work with schools. We created a program called Worms, uh, Worms Without Borders. It was for schools to share. <laughs> Don't you love it? I love that. <laughs> it was for teachers to share their stories. I really, Michigan was far advanced in worm composting because of Mary's work. And I had a chance to go there. Somehow we ended up in Flint, Michigan. Um, have you been to Flint? I think I've driven through, but yeah, I mean, it's got such a rich history. Uh, right. This is, yeah, this is fascinating. Okay. So you went so to Flint. There we were in Flint, Michigan, and there's a lot of... Um, uh, burned out buildings, you know, and I was like, hmm, Michael Moore's from Flint. And I was like, Mike, that's why I was like, that's why I had what that's why we ended up there on our road trip. I was like, I asked a couple of people if they'd heard of Mary Applehoff and worm composting, they had not. So I said, wow, when you die, you're dead until unless somebody keeps you alive. So I said, I'm going to have Michael Moore do a documentary about Mary, Mary Applehoff. Because he should care. He's from there. She's from there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, you know, now Michigan is importing, like, they're the trash capital. Like, that's not really a great moniker. It is not. Mm-hmm. Not when Michigan is a Great Lake state. So as that, as that, as those food scraps break down, you can't contain that liquid. I don't care what they say. <laughs> There's no landfill liner that's going to contain that liquid that's toxic now in touch with Michael Moore, um, I was unable because I thought they have all those empty GM buildings, all those unemployed people, and they could be the worm capital of North America. This is something that Michael Moore could wrap his hands around. I was unable to, to connect with him to get my idea, but that's okay. I, I was able to connect with another filmmaker, a Canadian filmmaker, who made a wonderful documentary about um, my business and how the worms are going to play an ever increasing role. So oh, fun. that's so cool! Is it available uh, online? It's on YouTube, it? yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I want to be sure to get that link, and I'll share that in the show notes. Thank you. Okay, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, fun. I'm not sure why I veered off on that tangent. I just think it's really relevant because we're talking between Canada and the states. We're the same. We really are the same. Um, we're afraid of, of, of the Americans a little bit, but you know, we're like the little cousin, <laughs> but really we, we have the same lifestyle and, you know, and I, I, I just think this is such a wonderful way 
for us to convert what we've got into something better so we can grow more, more nutrient-rich food. And now with COVID, you know, um, people are really becoming more aware of, well, we should grow some food. We should make our own soil. How responsible are we going to be for what we're doing? Yeah, for yeah. sure. And also we're running out of land, you know, I mean, sadly. So uh, just the idea that we can't keep finding places to put our trash, like we're not getting rid. It's just these landfills. It's not sustainable. Um, it, I mean, my, I hope someday that we can finally figure out how to actually decompose plastics and all of the, the things that, you know, the bags and all of that, that get stuck in the, in the landfills. But until then, you know, hopefully, I think, I think we've done a pretty good job, uh, getting people to, you, you know, reuse, use reusable bags and canvas and all of the things. Um, but water bottles, that still really drives me nuts. The bottled water phenomenon that has started and will never end. And I just, it makes me crazy. Um, I just wish that we, people could just reuse their bottles. Um, cause that, that stuff just sits around in the landfills. Okay. So the worms can't quite digest that. Not yet, but I've heard that there are microbes, you know, that are able to break down plastic. You know, nature really is incredible. Mm. So amazing. It's, but we need to give it a chance. That's the thing. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. That is so it's cool. A hopeful solution, like a little bit of worm biology. Worms have five hearts each. Wow. And I do a lot of school workshops. So the, the, the students would be like, I mean, before COVID, <laughs> when I was going to the schools, I have no idea what's going to happen in September. Yeah. Okay. Nobody does. It's coming. Um, <laughs> so the kids would say, why do the worms have five hearts each? And I said, you know, I made up this story about when they were giving out parts millions of years ago, they ended up with this pile of hearts. And they're like, what are we going to do with those hearts? And they said, you know, the worms are going to be needed millions of years from now. And people are going to be afraid of worms. So let's put all those hearts in the worms. And then I say, it's not true, but what a beautiful story, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Because words have energy. So when I tell people that worms have five hearts, it's a true story, by the way. They have five chambers. Um, they soften. Like, they might be like, ew, worms. And a lot of people, I have a psych degree, so I think it's, it's fascinating. I'm fascinated by people and their reactions. And um, when people are afraid, and I was afraid before starting my business, not right before, but I had a few experiences with worms before actually embracing them and, and taking this on. So it was the universe testing me, I think, <laughs> or saying, you know, here, try this. And it was horrible. I had fruit flies. It was an awful experience my first time around. Um, and I think that happened. So then now I can say, oh, I get it. You don't want to have worms in the house, but look at how beautiful they are. You know, they do this magic work. Um, we need to be a little bit more responsible for what we're doing. There is no way we can put our garbage at the, at the, at the curb and the magic truck comes along, but where does it take it? It just takes it somewhere else. It's not my problem anymore. It's gone. No, we need to, we need to take that responsibility back Yeah. and, and convert it into something great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just in talk about like real recycling, like you're recycling, putting it back into the earth so that you can grow things to eat that are going to, provide you with more nutrients. I mean, it's just a, it's a great chain. I, I actually think worms are cute. I used to play with them as a kid. <laughs> I don't, I don't really have a problem with worms at all. 
there's other things that bother me. I, I think so. Um, I'm meeting a lot of adults who were traumatized as kids in the schoolyard after a rainy day, somebody chasing them around with a worm, oh. maybe a sibling. You know, so you carry that with you and you were traumatized as a kid and then it just becomes part of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I come along and I say, you want to, you want to get over that fear? You want to be taller? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I ask them to hold the worm like, and, and it's so fun because they're so stiff. They're like rigid, like, oh, and then I put the worm in. It's just like, ah, oh, oh, well, not so bad wow and then that whole lifelong fear it's like they're released of that energy hmm. a stress reliever that's what i do wow <laughs> that's amazing if we could just do that with like so many things in life <laughs> oh my gosh um so okay so i want to hear like who were you before you began doing all of this um what is your backstory your pre-worm. So, yeah, before I started worms, I was, uh, you know, I worked in an office for 20 years as a secretary. And I, you know, I don't have any entrepreneurs in my family, so I didn't know that it was an option. And I really didn't even know because I think our school system is broken. I'm not sure how it is in the States, but our, our system's broken. It tells people to get a job, work hard, you know, you'll get a gold watch when you retire in 30 years. I mean, those days are gone for sure. We know. Mm -hmm. um, but they're not telling us about having your own business, being an entrepreneur, um, that there are other things other than working for somebody and work, you know, trading time for money. Mm -hmm. there, there really is other ways. Um, so anyway, I was a secretary for 20 years. I was a great secretary. I didn't even know that I didn't like it, except that I changed jobs about it yearly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and there's you know there's pardon me so many things that i didn't understand about working um you know that if i if you if i was unhappy in my job i would just quit my job and and know that i would get another job mm -hmm. i just was that confident that i would get another job i'm not good because <laughs> uh, i never understood the idea of you need to have a job to get a job like how do you get a job when you have a job yeah yeah. If you're honest and you're like, you know, like I, I'm, I can't, lying is not in my DNA. It's hard for me to say I have a dentist appointment if I don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, to go for interviews and stuff. I mean, and I know that it's a different time now with the gig economy and, and whatnot, but we're still not taught. And so I had all these wonderful skills. I was the president secretary at a, at a big watch com company. Um, so I was the gatekeeper. I, I, I was doing customer service. I was doing marketing. I was doing all of the jobs and, as well as keeping the, you know, the warehouse and the office staff connected. It was us and them. And it was like, no, we're together in this. We're a company together. Um, and I think it really takes certain skills to, to be that person. Mm -hmm, but I didn't sure. know that those skills were transferable. I didn't even know. Nobody said. Nobody told me and I didn't know. And I, I love that you're bringing up all those different points because I as well was a um, an executive assistant, secretary, whatever, you know, the titles are changed depending on where you work. But um, basically, yeah. Uh, but you are, you're a gatekeeper. You handle marketing. You handle, you know, communications. You have like just all of these different uh, hats that you wear and uh, 
you know, I think that um, that role is really uh, is is not um, what is the word I'm trying to respected. say? Yes, it's not respected enough. It really isn't. Um, and I think a lot of people get stuck in that role thinking they can't do something different when they, yeah, just like you said, you didn't even realize you had the skills to be, <laughs> to be your own boss. Like, you know, when I think now, oh my gosh, it's, it really makes me laugh. I'm like, wow, why did it take me so long? I love being an entrepreneur. I, I, I just love it. I just think it's, you do have to be motivated. But I believe that being a secretary all those years, or admin assist, I know it's, it's probably not appropriate to say secretary anymore. Um, 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 you know, those, that, being in that role for so many years gave me so many skills that I need as an entrepreneur. Again, you're wearing all the hats. You're the janitor, you're the cook, you're the bottle washer. <laughs> yeah. And you're the one that's doing the cold calling or, you know, marketing, whatever it's. Also, I think that um, the, one of the greatest skills that is like not valued or undervalued is the, the act of actually communicating with people. Like, I mean, you have to handle delicate situations. You have to, you know, work with different people, with different emotions and meetings. You have to, you know, communicate clearly. And all of this, these things help you to, you know, now probably talk with your customers, be real, like have a relationship and have communication that maybe some other entrepreneurs wouldn't have because they haven't, they didn't spend all that time on the front lines, basically, you know? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy that you, that you get it because it's yeah a really important role. And I know it's ebbing and flowing with technology and how it is now. Um, you probably don't have to get coffee anymore. <laughs> right. Probably not a lot. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> you probably do. Oh, you probably have to go valuable. like take the masks for dry cleaning and stuff. You know, that role, um, I've, I did years of assisting and it was always vastly different. I mean, yeah, it would be from like document preparation to uh, picking up dry cleaning for the dry cleaning. <laughs> you know right. flowers for the wife or yes whatever. oh presents remembering birthdays all of the things yes mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yep just making them look good the yep. <laughs> that's it so why not make yourself look good exactly. <laughs> and do it for you know um, you know i but i really would uh say that i you know i was touting for the longest time being an entrepreneur and i think it's a really valuable thing but all of your experience as you're going along, anybody that's listening that's thinking, I'd like to be an entrepreneur, get some experience working for other people. So then you're like, I don't like doing that. I'm not treating my people that way. I want to, you know, because how you want to be treated is how you want to treat other people. You know, Absolutely. Or find, um, I one of the things that I always say is like, if there is something you're interested in doing, find the person that's doing it or doing something similar. And then like basically find yourself a role model that you can like take notes and learn. And then you can add your own spice on top of it. Yeah, make it your own. But I think that you don't have to reinvent the wheel necessarily. You just, you, you know, you just need to pay attention and, and see how like someone else who's doing it really well, um, figure out what they're doing and then like, and then just adopt it for your own practice and what you're trying to do. Um, Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's really cool. So, <laughs> so, okay. So you were, 
an uh, admin, whatever, you know, secretary, admin, executive <laughs> assistant, depends on what era, what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and so you went straight from that into doing forms? No, no, okay. that's my psych degree. Now I went to university, not um, just as a learner. I really, I went to, at night to university, so it took me 15 years to get my degree, my BA. <laughs> nice. So but you did it. I, but it wasn't about the degree for me. It was just about, um, I really enjoyed going at night, meeting, it's a whole different demographic that goes to night school. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I really can attest to that. I, I swear <laughs> you're telling my story because like I did my bachelor's degree later in life and I worked at a law firm as an, as an exec admin, whatever secretary, um, for partners. And then in the evenings I went to, to school. So. I worked out in a law firm. Get out of here. No, oh my gosh. <laughs> Hi me. How are you? <laughs> okay. I need to get worms. This is my future. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. So I was getting my psych degree. Um, what happened? Yeah, just at night. And then for the last 10 years of my um, administrative life, I was working, um, there was an agency called Kelly Girl. And it was- Oh my God. I've worked for them too. Okay. <laughs> so I worked 10 yes. years as a Kelly Girl. 10 years. Which that's for people that don't know, it's a temp agency that's like temp to perm at times, depending on your assignment. But you, it was, and I don't know if they still do this, but it was so cool. You had these sheets and you would go to these assignments and you, if you didn't like your assignment, then you, you know, it was okay because you might only be there for a week and you'd be changing, but you get to work for all these different people or they would hire you permanently from the temp agency. Anyway. Okay. That's a little. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. That's perfect. Yeah, and I loved it because um, I loved meeting all the different people and and I was getting my degree. So I don't know how it is where you are, but when you work temporary here, they it, at least at that time, it was like um, you're not that smart so or you're not capable of doing the important job. So I would have all these kind of easy jobs like reception and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I would answer the phone and do what I was, you know, what the work, but it allowed me lots of time to do all my essays and do my reading. So I was getting, it was like I was getting paid to get my degree. It was fantastic. That um, is time. So cool. Yeah. yeah. So I graduated in, in uh, 2000, got my uh, degree. And, and I, you know, people said to me, what are you going to do with a BA in psychology? Like you really need a, at least a master's or a, a doctor, doctorate to get um, something with psychology. I said, oh, you'll see, I'm going to use it. No, I'm a worm farmer. <laughs> so um, I ended up working um, at a group home with uh, challenged adults. Mm. Oh my gosh, this was so beautiful. I, I thought this was why I was put on earth. I loved that demographic. I, I really, so these were, uh, this was a facility that helped um, early adults, like 20s to 40s, um, that were dual diagnosed with mental illness. So they had two, two, um, two, what do you call them? Um, illnesses. Yeah. yeah. Two, two diagnoses. <laughs> so yeah. And it was so, I really, really, um, could connect with the people. It was just beautiful. Um, I couldn't work with management <laughs> more politics than any office I ever worked in. And I was like, 
So I had to end up having to leave there. I got another job at a school working as a freelance behavior management specialist. Hmm. So using my psych degree, but it sounds impressive, doesn't, doesn't it? But freelance meant when I got injured, because I did, uh, I had no safety net. So I didn't have any, you know, so it's like I, I got paid pretty good money. And I speak at schools now and, and for young people, um, entering the work world and I say, don't chase the money, make sure that you have a safety net, that your job is secure and safe, um, that you're not in harm's way just to get some money because mm -hmm. the, the employer's not going to care. If you get injured, somebody else is going to take your place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's so I got injured at work. Yeah. I got injured at work and I was like, huh, it's so funny. I was going to do this worm business. I didn't know business. I came home from work. There was an ad in the paper. It said, are you a woman? Do you have a business idea? It was a business course to write a business plan. And I turned to my husband. I said, I'm taking this course. No, I'm quitting my job. <laughs> taking this course. I'm starting a worm business. Won't that be fun? And he was fully supportive. Wow. He knows me. <laughs> 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 yes, dear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, I, I'm, I feel incredibly blessed to have a, such a supportive uh, partner for sure. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, um, so you've been doing it for like 18 years now though, right? Yeah. yeah it's a lot of worms. Yeah. <laughs> and also like, um, were there moments, so I guess we, you know, I'd love to share with listeners that are thinking, okay, I could do this. I could be an entrepreneur. I can write a business plan. I have an idea. Um, so I'm sure that there are moments early on in your worm, uh, professional worm life that um, you got discouraged or began, you know, were like, where people were just like, we don't want worms in our kitchen. We're, you know, we're not interested. What are you doing? Whatever. And you just, you know, probably felt like, why am I doing this? I mean, did you ever have those moments? Oh, so many moments, so many moments. Believe me, as an entrepreneur, if you're not having those moments, well, you're not working hard enough. No. <laughs> oh, so many times. And I, got, I have to tell you, every business has a cycle. August is my slow time. August is my slow month. And I think a lot of businesses experience August lull. You know, it's kind of September is the beginning, back to school, all those things. Mm -hmm. And... Oh, it, it must have been at least 12 or 13 years every August. Like the phone just stops ringing. Things just, it's different this year because we're in this weird time. But, um, oh my gosh, and I would be freaking out. I'd be like, oh my gosh, how come nobody's calling? How come nobody's emailing? What? I better get my resume out. And I get my resume out. Okay, I'm going to apply for jobs. And I'm like, I would be a horrible employee. I can't work for someone else. This has to work. And like all the angst, the stress, as soon as September came along, came along, ring, ring, ring. Now I'm super busy. Now I realize, oh, August. Okay, I better just coast because September's going to be super busy. And I'm going to be back at the grind again. If I don't enjoy this time, mm. Um, that it just goes, you know, I, I've had so many wonderful, um, uh, mentors and people that gave me these pearls of advice. So that women's course that I was in, 
they would have uh, graduates come in and talk to us. And I remember, oh, so clearly this woman came in, she was in marketing. She was a grad from the course and she didn't been in business for three years. And I was like, wow, I just want to be in business for three years. Oh my gosh, that's wow, three years, so great. And I could, was so excited about the idea of being in business for three years. Her advice was, when you work at home and you're, you're, it's just you, there you are working on your thing, your dream, you know, you're doing it. Sometimes you're not doing it because you're, you're stuck in your head. Things just aren't working. You're stuck. She said, if you're stuck and you have a deadline and nothing's happening, get out of your house. Like, just get out, <laughs> go for a walk, you know, go take a shower, just like well, that's in your house, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like get, get... <laughs> go to someone else's house, take a shower. <laughs> someone else's house. Like, go change your scenery. So then you can have some fresh things because you're stuck. You're something's happening and nothing's happening. Yeah, that's really true. That's happened to me before where, and, and you feel it's counterintuitive because you're like, I have to get this thing done. I've got a deadline. It's not working. The computer's not, you know, and you're yelling at the computer and you're frustrated and you're like, I need to work harder to make it work. And it's so counterintuitive to like disconnect and, and step away. But every time I've done that and I come back, I get it done twice as fast. Like it's yeah. just, it's like something just gets released. The energy just Same starts to move. Come in. Yeah, new things come in. And I, you know, that's another piece I would really would love to emphasize is, you know, we've all been going along in our life and then uh, we get this idea and it's just like, woo, and we get all fired up. We're like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Maybe for a business or a hobby, just somewhere you want to go, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a business. Something you get this idea and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so great. What most people do is they start talking about that idea in their mind. And it's like, oh, remember last time this happened, that happened. Oh yeah, I don't wanna look stupid. Okay, maybe I'll just shelve that. So we put that idea on the shelf and then we forget about it. And then we, you know, just get on with our day. I'm encouraging people just to go ahead. You get that idea, you get fired up. That's a message from source. That's from God or universe, whatever you wanna mm -hmm. call it that's a divine thing that was given to you and it's given to i say six people but i don't know how many people around the world get that same idea where it's like oh, that's so great and everyone gets fired up one person acts on it and then later on you're like that was my idea oh i had that idea yeah that person did it and you put it on the shelf so i want to encourage people to when they get fired up that's when your heart's singing that's when you have to take action, like something, just put something in place so that that can come to life. Cause we need leaders right now. We really need people to step up. Yeah. And people that are really like engaged and passionate about their lives. I mean, the whole premise of flipping dreams is this idea that it's never too late to flip what you're doing. If you're not happy and you're not like where you want to be, then change it, like figure out how to do it um, and try it because 
it doesn't have to be perfect. You, you might try something and be like, you might try the thing you think you thought you would want to do and you try it and you're like, oh no, I hate this. And then you're like, okay, cool. Check that off the list. Don't do that again. Try something else. But, um, but I also like that idea of like, you know, you have those ideas and you put them on the shelf, you self-limit yourself and you, you know, all the negative stuff and whatever. And so you put it away. And part of what I try to do like through my book and my course is like helping people to remember those things. So there's a shelf, like everyone has a shelf in the back of their mind with all these things. Mm. It's just that like maybe the door to the room is closed or locked or barred or something. And like, you just have to figure out how to like get back to that shelf because I feel like, you know, you can find these things and be like, Oh, that's right. I had that idea or like, and that's why I journal a lot. Cause even I have tons of ideas and like inspiration and then I'll write down like these ideas in my journals and then like two months from now, maybe I'll, maybe I'll work on one or two of the ideas, but the other ones I don't do yet. Two months from now, I'll look back at my journal and I'll be like, oh shoot, that's right. There was that idea. I totally forgot about that. Okay, wait, let's, let's go back to that and let's try that thing, you know? And so I feel like, um, inspiration and that energy is, it's, it's constant and it's something that we, we have to cultivate. Like you want to be around people and talk to people that are also like doing, I call it like a high vibe, like that high vibe where they're also following their in, in inspiration and their energy because then it's like, it's infectious and it, and like you pick up on it and then you want to go like try to find these things and then you end up attracting other people. And it's just, it's a really fun area. It's like a really fun space to live in, um, you know, and we can all be uh, negative about anything. You know, I always say, if you want to find, if you want to find something, you can find something negative in everything. doesn't matter what. I won the lottery, Ugh, but now I have to pay taxes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, so, I mean, it just depends on your, you know, like your, your, your frame of mind, your like perspective on it. So. All perspective. That's the beautiful thing. And every day is a new day. It's so magic. It really is so, I love that. I love what you just said. It's, it's really perfect. You know, I just um, was in a Bob, Bob Proctor um, course, you know, Bob Proctor. Um, he's, he's a um, uh, motivational uh, manifester guy. And he said, most people are living a supporting role in their own life. Mm. So true. Right. We're asking people, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? I don't know. You want to do it? Do it. Like, or, or we're living like literally a supportive role in like another person's life. And we're taking that on as our role, as our life. But we're forgetting that we have our own life too. Right? Like our uh, own dreams. Like, yeah. right? Get to that. Get to it. Because when are you going to get to it? Like on your mm -hmm. deathbed when you're like, oh, I, I wanted to do all these things. Like when? Like now, now's the time. We have all this time to think about it. So now we got to think about what is it that I really want to live going forward. Don't you think that this comes sort of out of um, a blame culture? Like we're in this, like we're afraid. So we like to sort of blame our circumstances or other people or whatever. Be like, well, this happened. So, you know, I can't, I can't do that. Or what, and really we know deep down we could do the thing, but we're just honestly afraid and we're not sure how, and we, we don't want to like, we're too prideful to ask or figure it out or take the risk. So it's just easier to just be like, oh no, or I'm too old. 
I'm too young. I'm too inexperienced or no, I have too much experience to go to that level again. Or like, you know, all those, all those excuses that we have that we build up just to protect ourselves from the unknown. And the, but the thing is, is that the unknown can be amazing, right? Like That's where it is. That's where the amazing is. People that are listening, if you're like, oh, I want to have that life, go get it. It's there. It's waiting for all of us. We we all are meant to have these, I believe, joy-filled lives. I really, really do. And the more I, the more I step into that. I mean, it wasn't always this way. Of course not. I was a secretary for twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> right. I had stomach issues, and I didn't even know why. It was because I wasn't meant to be there. I didn't know. As soon as I was freed from the office. Um, my stomach issues went away. So interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Mm. Your body definitely tells you. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. And I, and pain is not normal. If you're in pain, take action. It's not normal. And there's nothing heroic about not living your life. This just came to me, but this idea where people are like, well, I've signed up for this and so I'm doing it and I'm going to do it till I die. You know, and you're just like, okay, but you're freaking miserable and you're making everyone around you miserable. So please stop. Like, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, there's nothing heroic about being in a bad situation for a long period. Of, I don't know why our culture places so much emphasis on, well, I did this thing for X amount of years, but you're like, but you hated it and you like, you're sick all the time. And you're like, I mean, it's just, I don't know. To me, I feel like life should be joyful. Like I personally selfishly want to be around people that are happy and fulfilled. Like, like I really want everyone to live their dreams. I want them to reach their big, fantastic dreams because they're going to just be happier to be around. (laughs) And imagine the world that we could create if everybody was supporting. I think that's another piece is, you know, when, um, when people want to hold you back, like if you're like doing so great and you're like telling people, Hey, I have this idea. Sometimes it's us, our own self-talk that talks us out of that inspired idea. And sometimes it's, we're telling somebody else and they're like, Oh, remember last time, la la la. And I use the analogy of smoking. Um, Like if you smoke and then you're like, I I really want to quit smoking because I think all smokers do want to quit smoking. (laughs) Um, So if you want to quit smoking and you're saying to your smoker friends, yeah, I'm going to quit smoking. They're like, yeah, okay, let's go for a smoke, right? Because if you quit smoking, then either they, you know, you can't be friends anymore or they have to do something. They have to quit now or they got to change too because you're going to make them look bad. Like, you know? Oh yeah. People are so afraid of change, but I, it, it goes back to the, uh, so I call our culture a comparison, a competitive, comparative culture. Mm. <laughs> and like, it's like, we all look at the other person and it's like, uh oh, well they did this. So that means I need to do this now, or this now it's a threat to me. All of a sudden it's about me, not about the other person and what they're doing. Like, you know, um, oh, like, yay, look at you. Good for you. Oh, you won that award. It's like, oh. Oh, oh you're, you're too good for, you're, you're too good for me now. Oh, now you're healthy. Oh, you stopped drinking. Oh, well then like, yeah, you know, um, and it's just because of our own, like probably our own self guilt of like knowing, like we probably should be quitting smoking or we probably should, you know, whatever it is. But I think it's really sad 
that we can't be more encouraging of other people, you know, because like, you're not going to lose anything by encouraging other people to live their best life. Like literally there's enough cake for everyone. The pie is huge. Like I, I don't understand this idea of like that there's scarcity. There's not scarcity. There's like literally vast amounts of amazingness in this world. Like, so that, that makes me crazy when I, when I see that, like, I just think everyone should be lifted up. Everyone should be lifted up. If we lift each other up, it's, and that's where entrepreneurship comes in. If you're an entrepreneur and you're involved in um, networking groups that are supportive, you find your people and then, you know, you just support each other. I was at a, an event yesterday and it was so funny. I said, entrepreneurs are hilarious. And it really is cash flow. We just buy from each other. Hey, what do you got here? I'll take one of those here. Cash flow. It's not cash keep. <laughs> so pass it along. <laughs> Although we're not buying from each other, you know, we are. Um, but not everybody is, is your customer, but everybody really needs to be your referral partner. Everybody needs to um, know what you do so then they can, when somebody says, hey, do you know where I can get some worms? I'd like to do composting. Then you're like, hey, yeah, I know somebody and you can pass them along or, you know, opposite, whatever it is. Um, so we can just support each other, especially at this time, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, but what I was going to say is like, um, the idea that, okay, we were talking about everyone doing this cause I just lost it again, but it's going to come back. Um, oh, figuring out, this is something that's come up before in some of the other conversations is the idea of what success is for you. Right. So like. Everyone, a lot of people are, are entering the entrepreneur space. A lot of people are, you know, on social media, they're, they're, they're referring, they're showing, they're selling their products, their lifestyle, whatever, you know, they're trying to monetize all the things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that, uh, there's, there's something to be said for like figuring out what your level of success is or what your idea of success is, because it's not always money. Sometimes it's just getting, you know, reaching other people. Sometimes it's like connecting other, you know, connecting people or sharing ideas or, um, helping other people in different ways. Um, so I think like being really clear as an entrepreneur on like what your vision is and if, you know, if truly your level, your version of success is I have so many likes <laughs> or I'm making so much money or, whatever, or I just like met really amazing, an amazing person and that like conversation changed my life or whatever. Um, I think just figuring out what that is and like striving for that and also making sure that like your level of your idea of success is going to be different from some other people and that's okay. Absolutely. Yes. The comparative thing. Oh my gosh. So even like as entrepreneurs were you know, comparing and it, 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 for most people is, it is not about money. You know, as long as you have enough to live the life you want, it's, it's not like for me, it's really not about money. Money just comes. I feel really grateful that it does. Thank goodness it does. Cause I don't really think about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you're doing your thing, I really believe that if you're doing what you love, it's not like work. It all sounds cliche. It really is not. You have to get real. What is it that you want? What kind of life do you want to live? And go after that. Like you said, model people, 
connect with people that are doing what you want. What do they say? You're like the most five, five most people that you hang around with or whatever your circle. Um, so just circle up, right? Just to get with, with people that, that have what you want to have or yeah. are doing what you want to do. And, and, and look for it. Cause sometimes it's not going to be right there. Like you're going to have to do some digging. You're going to have to, you know, stalk some people. No, I'm just kidding. But like, you're going <laughs> to, you're going to have to like, you're going to have to like want it. I mean, I think that's the thing too, is that like this idea that all you need to do is come up with a brilliant idea and everyone will just shower you with money and praise and you'll have everything. Well, that's like Disney. That's, or, or you know, that's a movie. That's not reality. The reality is, is that you can have a great idea, but it means, still means you have to put in a lot of work and it means that your original idea might have to iterate to finally be successful. And, um, you're going to probably need to bring people in and you're probably going to need to find resources and, you know, it's not just all going to happen overnight and it will take time. That's the thing. It's like endurance. It, it is like a long race. It's a long race. Absolutely. And, and entrepreneurship is not for everybody. You know, at, when I started my business, uh, 2002, so what happened? The landfill closed. 2002, we had a garbage strike. And of course, it was in the summer because when else would you have a garbage strike? Yeah. The maximum benefit. Hmm. Um, okay. So I was watching the news and people were lining up for hours to drop off their garbage at the transfer station. I was like, they don't compost because if they compost, right, it takes the stink out of garbage. So I, so I chose media as my marketing strategy. So I was like, I'm going to go on a road trip. Um, so I sent press releases to the Toronto news outlets five minutes after sending my press release, uh, a reporter from the Toronto star called me and said, thank you for your press release. I wrote an article last week for the, uh, about composting, but I forgot about the apartment dwellers. Um, when you're done at the transfer station, can you come down to the star and I'd like to interview you. So I was like, yippee. Yay, yeah. <laughs> it, right there. it was fascinating. I mean, I think it was, it was fascinating experience and I have no idea uh, where I got the, um, I would say the nerve or the gall to go and face um, about 80 or hundred picketers, you know, angry strikers, um, just me. And anyway, the police ended up getting called and, and I ran away at that time. I was like, I don't want to cause trouble. I was just there because I was curious why people weren't comp like why they would line up for three hours to drop off their garbage, like nothing better to do. Like you could sit in your backyard and have a beer. <laughs> It's so true. Yeah. yeah. So I, so I don't know. Um, I, I can't remember why I went down that road, but you know, I've just, I, I, I think for me, I get all these divine thoughts and, and I just act on them. I just take action and then, you know, I take action and then sometimes I'm like, Oh, what did I do? Or maybe I should stay in my box, but it's, it's when you're out of your box that magic really happens. And, I, I've had some incredible experiences as an entrepreneur that I never would have had if I was working for somebody else. It's That's so true. Yeah. And um, this podcast, for instance, was a complete divine moment at four in the morning. I woke up and it was like, do a podcast. And I'm like, what? I'm like, all right, well, I can't get back to sleep. So let me just Google in bed. So I'm like lying there in bed, like Googling. And the first article that I found was like, 
from Buzzsprout and it was like complete, like A to Z. This is how you do your whole pot. This is how you set up your podcast, do your artwork, do this, do that. This is how you record. This is the microphone to buy. This is the blah, blah, blah. And I was like, by nine o'clock in the morning, I had already created my artwork <laughs> and like started working. I'd already written out my vision for it. And uh, within, I think a week, I had my first episode, my first teaser episode, and then that was it. It was June 1st was, and I've been doing it weekly since. So, and then it was like, okay, this seemed like a good idea, but now I'm having to do this every week. <laughs> but, like, like I don't have enough because I have a full-time job and I'm also a musician and I'm also like doing, so I'm like, why did I do this? But... The great thing is that right as I'm asking those questions and I end up interviewing and having these like amazingly inspirational conversations. And really the reason I do this is because I want to find, I want to enlarge my community, right? Like I'm here working remotely. Now everyone is finally working remotely. So, you know, we're all in our little bubbles and we only get to talk to the people we know. Uh, and like this idea that you can reach out across state country lines and have a fantastic conversation with a like-minded soul and get to share like inspiration and advice and different things. It's just, it totally makes my week. And, uh, and I know it makes other people, you know, I've heard from some of the listeners, like they're, they really enjoy the conversation. So, so mm -hmm. that's it, you know, I mean, so we're, we'll keep doing it, but, uh, yeah, it definitely is one of those things where you can have the idea, you it's divine, you move forward, you make it happen. And then like two months later, you're like, oh, why am I doing this? <laughs> right. And I, I, I think sometimes, uh, you know, you might be so on purpose and you're like, oh, this is so great. You have a solution for something. But the universe tests you. Like, are you sure? Are you sure? So many times things got thrown in my way and it was like, oh, that's a shiny object. I should go after that. And, you know, sometimes I would, and then it wasn't, you know, I, I, I think that it, intuition has been um, washed away from us. It's not, it's not um, something that we um, grow. We don't really encourage people to use their intuition and listen to it. You know, we've, it's like, oh, maybe that's just gas. No, that's the, the universe. That's, your, that's a bad person. Don't go with that person. That's your gut <laughs> check. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's and, not the Mexican food you had for lunch. That's really <laughs> like. <you know? laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, that that's something that, that our society is. I don't know if it's part of the control or what it is, like keeping us in line. I'm not sure what it is. That if we're all like inspired and we're all living these wonderful lives, like what will happen to society? I don't know. I, like, I don't know. I think it goes back to like the smoking thing though. I think it's just like people when, when they see you happy in doing your life, living your best life, then they feel like pressured or stressed out that they now have to live or they feel bad that they're not living their best life and when they know they could. And so it's, it's like a way of like control. Yeah. I mean, I, th I do think it's control in this weird way. I don't know. Um, and, and I also think it takes work. So there's a lot of joy. There's a lot more joy. So I would say 
Living a life where you're embracing growth and you're constantly learning and you're curious and you're waking up each day and you're transforming negative thoughts into positive ones and you're doing all this stuff, it is work. Like there is, you know, it is, yeah, it's not like it comes naturally. Um, And I think there's that. Like some people, it's so much easier to just be negative and just to like stay in your bubble and not try anything new and just be in control of everything and whatever. But I think that the thing that you lose when you do that is you lose your your joy of life, your your joie de vivre. You 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 lose the the essence that we're put here, you know. Like, and if you lose your hope and your passion and your zest for life, then like that doesn't sound like a very great way to spend your time, you know. Like to me, I don't know. It, yeah, no, this seems really heavy, but this is really, I hope that people that are listening are hearing the message. Yes, you can just go along and coast along and work your nine to five job and everything fine. That's Check fine. your box. Check. check your box, right? Like, I mean, you get good, again, back to secretarial or administrative, you get good money. You have benefits, you have a pension, you know, whatever. You have all these, all these golden handcuffs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right. You have so much vacation and you know, that's the thing. If you've been at your job for some time and now you have four weeks vacation, it's like, how can I go back to two weeks? Right? They ca- they kinda have you there because it's like, oh I how am I gonna negotiate four weeks? But imagine folks, if you work for yourself, you work in your own amount of vacation. Mm-hmm. Like you might work twelve or fourteen hour days most of the time. <laughs> more than not <laughs> but it's for yourself right but, but those are inspired hours like the the yeah. days that I do 15 hour days are like I feel really good because I've been doing the stuff that I want to do for my vision or for my purpose it's yeah. different than clocking in and clocking out and watching a clock you in fact the time just zips by and you're like oh man there's just not enough hours okay let me let me try it again tomorrow um so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was just like, yeah, the idea that so they are long days, like t- can be, can be, can be. The beautiful part for me is, um, like I was saying before, when you if you're stuck, you need to get out for a walk. Uh, my husband and I are both working in the worm business now, and you know, some days it's a beautiful day out. It's like let's just call it a day right now. At, noon or 11 or whatever let's just go to a forest and we'll just go for a walk and it's like ah this is so great but we might be working at 10 o'clock at night Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't matter like it's so beautiful it is really beautiful and i think like the other thing to remind listeners is like you know at one point in time being an entrepreneur had a lot more fear associated with it um and because unless you had like a backing unless you had financial backing or like a fallback it was it was a lot scarier there also weren't as many opportunities of things to do entrepreneurially like it generally was like oh you're going to open a brick and mortar shop or you're going to um yeah like you're going to have a store or you're going to sell things in a marketplace or you're going to like so everything like had a physical location there was a lot of overhead it was certain areas that you would want to be in to be able to make money 
But now with tech, with all the things that people are doing, I mean, we are making money and being entrepreneurs from out of our minds, out of our, like, like there's so many different um, opportunities. And I think that that's really exciting. That's the space where I encourage people to get really curious about things that they're interested in because really the sky's the limit. You can do practically anything online and now everyone is doing thing everything online because we can't see each other uh, in person. But um, but yeah, like this idea that like it it might be scary for some people to um, brainstorm and think out of the box. But I think it's just really fun. I think it's really fun to like just imagine all the different lives you could have. Like if you think of like your your dream life, and like you know whether it's to be an author or to to travel around the world writing stories or to uh, take photo, you know, go f up to the Arctic with a camera or whatever. Like, I mean, I don't know. People have a lot of ideas. Some people want to jump out of planes. That is not one of my ideas. I never want to do that. But like, you know, people have dreams and ambitions and things. And I think it's really exciting. And I hope that like this conversation and all the conversations on Flipping Dreams like help encourage people to like open that door and just see, you know, just try, try things. Yeah. I think what I say to the, the students is if you have like, unfortunately we can't have a basket of solutions or oh, I have all these solutions. I'll just create something. We have to have problem first and then solution. So we have a lot of problems. So, you know, I'm, I'm an environmentalist. It doesn't have to be environmental. It can be, you have a, a good idea to make life better doing anything, whatever, something. If yeah. you have a solution, then there's a business there. Yes. You just need to figure out how, to, how you're going to market it. You know, there's a lot of pieces. Oh, um, yeah. I absolutely think that like some of the, the, the most important things that I've done in my life have come out of me being really, really ticked off about something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's true. I mean, that's like when you're angry about something or you're jealous about something, which is kind of anger in a weird way. Um, like those things are clues to you. Those are like, dig into that and be like, okay, like I need to be doing something. If I, you know, if I'm so upset about this thing and I like want to change it, cool. That's when you're actually going to find your passion. That's when you I, find I your purpose. So. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it get doesn't. Angry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone get ticked off. <laughs> and then like, you know, we're all going to like have these amazing entrepreneurs coming out, these great ideas. And I just love that. Like, yeah. They are coming. I, I, I've met so many young people that are just like, I, I don't know where they're, where they're from. They have these ideas. It's like, how did you, wow, that's, it's amazing. Yeah. That's so, so cool. <laughs> well, we, we've gone all over the place from worms to like, you know, changing the world. And I love this. Um, but we probably should near a close, although I could talk to you forever. This has been really, really fun. Um, I don't know if you have a quote that you wanted to share with listeners. One of your favorite quotes. Okay. Good. <laughs> I have a couple, but the one I thought I would share today is, and I came up with it because of my worm business and it's without awareness, action is impossible. So, and that was, you know, if you don't know about having worms in the house, you're not calling me. So that's bad for business, <laughs> <laughs> but it really could go for anything. Like if you don't know about something, then you're not looking into how you can solve it. Like, again, 
our, we have a lot of water issues, air, fuel. We have so many issues. Um, get aware and then you can take action. I love that. That's awesome. Awareness. Everyone needs to raise their level of awareness in every way. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. Um, how can people find you and your worms? So um, I have an amazing website. My husband's my web guy. So it's kathyscomposters.com. And you can find all the beautiful things that I'm doing there. And that's Kathy with a C and a yes. Y. Yes. Composters.com. Okay. And I'm going to put all this in the show notes and your uh, documentary. Hopefully I can find that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be great. And, uh, and I'm going to look into, uh, you know, maybe getting some little worm friends, have some, have some little worm friends here in the house. I don't, I don't consume as much, but I can try. (laughs) Well, five hearts each, there's 800 to a thousand worms in a pound. That's four to 5,000 hearts you're bringing into your house. (laughs) I love it. Oh, so beautiful. I'm so grateful. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Really. Yes. Yes. Flip your worms. Flip your dreams. Beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Kathy. Well, have a wonderful rest of your day and uh, yeah, take care. Thank you. All right. Bye. I know. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Flipping Dreams. I hope it's inspired you to check out Kathy, maybe get a pound of worms, maybe go launch a new business, or just laugh. Either way, I hope that you enjoyed it, and I look forward to bringing you another amazing conversation next week here on Flipping Dreams. Don't forget, it's never too late to transform your past and empower your future.